I'm Sarah. I'm Caitlin. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to She's the Boss. Christmas is so exciting that we get to get together. And I mean, how fitting I say that. So excited. <laughs> yeah. So excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've uh, been watching Fargo, the series. Mm-hmm. And now I just want to talk like that. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You betcha. You betcha. Yeah. Um, so we're looking forward to getting on here for Christmas. We have a few things we're going to talk about. Yes. Yeah, just the two of us. Hmm. <laughs> We can make it if we try. All right. We're not here to sing. Okay. Although we could. We could. We could sing. Um, so a lot of people walk in and before we start recording, they ask how we met or how we knew each other. So, which means they didn't listen to our intro episode, but that's okay. Yeah. I'm not going to hold fine. that against them. People. No. Probably, I mean. Yeah. People it's a good place like, to start if you, but then you wouldn't be listening to this to know, to listen to the intro because you would have already listened. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So how did we meet? So when I opened our studio and I announced that I was opening six years ago, I guess it was. 2017, I think. Um, your Somebody messaged me through your business page saying, hey, we have a school that we Facebook? just... Yeah. I don't even know if Instagram was a thing. No, it wasn't. It was Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a school we just opened. We would love to partner with you and talk about maybe you doing some dance or music classes or whatever it may be. Right. And so we met at the coffee shop and talked about, um, you know, just our partnership. And then I ended up sending my son Austin there to school. Yeah. And part of the volunteer hours, I'd come in once a week and do kinder music with the class. Mm-hmm. Um, with the littles. With the littles. And it was so adorable because he just thought like he was a celebrity because yeah. his mom was coming. <laughs> My mom's in. here to teach us music. Yeah. It's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it was some Broadway <laughs> star coming to play Jingle Bells. With I mean, them. the school is in Broadway. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I was the Broadway star. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just remember showing up at the coffee shop and kind of being like, I don't really remember all of what we talked about, but it being very idea fairy ish, which is like so on point with both of us. Mm -hmm. We could do this. We could do that. And just feeling like, oh, my gosh, there's a lot that could happen. Because at one point we had talked about like a performing arts school and like joining forces about what that would even look like. Mm -hmm. That would be a real big undertaking. Yeah. I'm not ready for that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So we did dance classes there because a lot of your families are military and have to keep their kids there super late. Yeah. Um, And then they're too exhausted to go do extracurriculars after that. So we brought it to them. Yeah. Which I think is a really great idea because Mm -hmm. a lot of these children get picked up at 5, 6 p.m. and they can't do the extracurriculars because they're at daycare or whatever all day. And so to offer something like that where you don't have to pick up your kid and bring them there, it just happens at their preschool is really great. Yeah. So it just started a great partnership. We kept conversation. We both ended up moving out to Moore County. And then I opened... You before me. Yeah. When did you guys move here? 2018. Oh, so did we. Oh, okay. We were, oh, you were after us then. Oh. 
We moved into this house in April of 18. Okay. I always thought that you moved before us. I don't know. But then huh. your pa- maybe because your parents moved mm-hmm. in after us in my neighborhood. Yes, they were there in October of 18. Mm-hmm. Just around the corner from you. Yeah. And, but you were selling clothes, the Jane Nash clothing. Yes. That your friend. Yes, which Jenna is reviving. She bought it from us when they were in England. And if you don't follow them, go follow Jane Nash clothing, which is Molly Jane Logan Nash. Oh. Yeah, so that's why I named it Jane Nash. Um, But yeah, it's back on the scene now. Yeah, so I was buying clothes from you guys, and that's how you Mm -hmm. came to my neighborhood. Yeah. Because you delivered me a shirt, and then your parents ended up moving in one of the houses there. Such a small world. It really is. And then started the nonprofit theater, asked you to join the board, Mm -hmm. so I knew I had a like-minded business person. Which is really needed on boards. Mm -hmm. When you have a bunch of people that have no business experience, but have really great intentions. It's hard when you have like no doers (laughs) (laughs) or people who don't understand how a business operates and all the intricacies of it. Right. Yeah. Cause it's great to have people with passion. Yeah. But you also have to have the other side of it of like, well, this is a business, right? This is how it runs. So yeah, you were that person. Yes. And after every board meeting, (laughs) we would both need to get home to other duties because they were in the evening and we'd be leaving. Like you'd be like walking to your car. I'd be walking to my car and we'd be like yelling across the park. Oh yeah, we should do that. Like, (laughs) what about this? What do you think of this? Mm -hmm. And we'd be like, all right, we'll see you later. Yep. And then we're both like, we really need to get our husbands together because they were retiring and we knew they'd have a lot in common. So we finally all four went out to get breakfast Yeah, and just talked about our goals as, you know, two separate families as entrepreneurs and kind of what we wanted to do. And then my husband goes, you guys should start a podcast. Yeah. (laughs) And I think we both looked at each other and I was like, yes, yes, we should. But I think what happened was the, the stars kind of aligned in the sense that we were both in very much the same places in our business where we had grown to a point where we could step back a little bit and we've learned so much along the way that we were both in a place like, yeah, we're going to start consulting other businesses. Cause I have people reach out to me. Both of us were saying this, mm-hmm. you know, for guidance and stuff. So why not start a business? Cause that's what we do. <laughs> why not? Right. And then I, I think we just both knew that talking with other women and getting insight on their businesses and being able to share that information with people would be just a really cool idea at that point. We were like, yeah, great. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Sounds good. No like set plan. Just we're going to start recording a bunch of episodes. And then I think we said we needed 10 in a backlog. Yeah. So we just started recording with some amazing people. Yeah. And the the in, uh, intention of it was very much to just like connect with people. It wasn't, I never felt like, oh, there's going to be some anticipated outcome from this, Mm -hmm. which is weird for me because I don't normally operate like that. I normally operate with like, here's my vision and here is what this all looks like, feels like all of this thing. And now I work backwards to figure out the systems in order to get there. And I think this, we were just like, oh yeah, this will be fun. Yeah. And it has been, it's been like, and everybody that comes, they're like, this was so much fun. Mm -hmm. Like it means a lot to be able to sit down with other women and 
There's no competition. It's just sharing ideas, getting together, collaborating, discussing our challenges and all the exciting things. So it's been super rewarding. And I like that it's not necessarily focused on a goal because then we can just kind of go with the flow and neither of you are nor neither of you <laughs> neither of me or do me have two personalities <laughs> I do wear many hats yeah, yeah. Ne- neither of us are typically <laughs> like that it's normally like this is the end goal so mm-hmm. both of us it, it's a little uncomfortable too to be like oh we we can just go with the flow oh we can change this if we want yeah. like and just yeah it's kind of uh refreshing it is and knowing for me because I had business partners and I from that experience kind of had decided like I'm never going to partner with anybody again because (laughs) I know who I am and I like to control things and good bad or otherwise um we just dove into this together and had to navigate a little bit of like here's what's important to me here's what's important to me and being able to like meet each other where the other person need to be met Mm -hmm. and having those conversations of like, no, it's important for me for this to be branded a certain way for us to be in a certain space aesthetically, the environment matters to me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you being like, cool, I really don't care about that, but here's what I do care about. And me being like, okay, great. Well, that's not really like the thing I want to be doing. So if you enjoy that, great. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's been the perfect balance. Well, and that's what a lot of business owners need. I think in talking to a lot of people and even just with clients, it's like some people and personalities need a balancing act of another person. And sometimes like you can get that from your, what, what is Angie's title? Manager, studio manager. Yeah. Studio manager. You get that balance and she's very invested. A lot of people don't have somebody who is as invested Mm -hmm. as she is. Um, And so a lot of people need like a partner who can balance them out and do the things that they're not good at so they can just continue to do the things that they're good at. And if you don't have that, I'm finding a lot of people are like lost. Like they're like, how do I do this thing? And I'm like, well, you either got to hire somebody who's going to be super invested to do that thing, or you've got to like find an, an investor who's going to bring that to the table. And so this is, I think, a, a perfect example of how this works when you have open, honest communication with a partner. Right. And there's not a whole lot at stake here. (laughs) I mean, financially, right? Like we were just like, yeah, we're going to buy equipment and whatever. We'll just blah, 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 blah. We're not losing multi-million dollar contracts. Right, right, right. Yeah. The stakes aren't super high, except that we're putting ourselves out there. And I do think that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, Because oftentimes we are pretty, like we share, Mm -hmm. we don't share everything. Yeah. But pretty transparent. Yeah. Yeah. So then if people in your business are listening and totally disagree with that, that is a risk that we take for sure. So, yeah. So that's, that's part of putting ourselves out there, but, um, yeah, I think it's a, a good representation of a good partnership of just having open and honest communication that sometimes I'm like, Oh, I don't want to like have to put this boundary in place or whatever it is. Not that there's been anything crazy, but just, you know, stuff that you have to deal with when you have a partner and when you don't and you run your own business, you just kind of run the show, but you can be really insulated from other opinions yeah. if you don't open yourself up to, to other people's input. Right. That, and that can be not healthy mentally or physically or anything. Right. <laughs> so yeah. To be in control of it all. And, and it doesn't help you grow if you don't have other people's input. 
oh no, I, I welcome it now. Mm-hmm. And I ask like, yeah. well, what do you think of this? Especially when they're like, when I have leaders are like, how do you want me to handle this? And I'm like, okay, well tell me how you think you should handle it. And let's go from there. Like, I'm not the end all freaking be all right. <laughs> like, I, I don't have the answers to everything. I'm just a human. Yeah. That's why the surveys are really good after you do things within your business or to recap, like, what do you guys think went well? What, what could I have done better? Mm-hmm. You know, cause they're all seeing it from different points of view. So we always do those as well to kind of get their input to make stuff better for the next year. Yeah. So, so looking back on this year, do you have anything that you want to reflect on? Um, well, I do want to say with the podcast specifically, like we had no intention, no outcome. And I had somebody the other day that asked, can you see how many people listen to each episode? And I'm like, yeah, but I'll be honest with you. Like I rarely check that Mm -hmm. because you're in there editing, uploading, like that's your jam. So I don't really have a reason to be in the back end. And when I do go on, I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like, but I don't have any expectation and that has felt so freeing. And I don't think that's for everybody. A lot of personalities, I think, need some sort of success measurement. Mm -hmm. But this has been so freeing because I'm like, it gets to be so genuinely about the human connection that that's what bucket it fills for me. And that feels so good. Right. I feel like our measurement is when we finish the podcast and the people don't want to leave because they just stick around and hang out and we still have so much more to talk about. And people are like, Oh my gosh, it's already been an hour and a half. Yeah. Like I just felt like we just started and that was so fun. Like I don't, I don't want this to end. And it's like, yes, because we crave that human connection. We crave face to face time. We crave, we want to hear people's stories, you know, like so we can relate or not relate or have our own opinions or whatever. And I just, especially with social media, I feel like that's so lost. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it looks so different. Even some people that have been on our, our recordings are, you know, I'll see their social media and then they'll come and I'll have a certain expectation based on their social media as to their personality or, you know, things like that. Right. And they come and I'm like, oh, you are completely different than I yeah. And not in a good other, like not bad, good, whatever. It's just, just like different. Oh, I didn't realize, you know, that's because social media is not real life. Right. It is the highlight reel. Mm-hmm. It just is. I know. And I didn't fine. do Christmas cards this year. And somebody was saying, why didn't you do them? And I was like, oh, cause my daughter was away at college. We never got professional pictures done. I was like, yeah, I could have hodgepodge some pictures together, but there would have been like laundry in the background and stuff and I thought that actually would have been pretty funny and pretty cool to just sit like, right up your alley yeah here's my real life <laughs> yeah some Christmas cards of me sitting folding laundry yeah Bo painting his hand you know <laughs> I do love Christmas cards I do think like when I get them in the mail I'm like oh that's sweet people I haven't seen in like you know 10 years who still think of me in just a little way to send a Christmas card is very nice. Yeah. But I suck at that stuff. I've sent them out maybe twice since I've had children. Well, the service postable really helps because people can fill in their address. Oh, sure. You upload your card image. They address it. They stamp it. They mail it. Everything for you. And it's like a dollar something per card. Wow. It's amazing. It's a great business idea. Yeah. It was really smart. But 
I'm like, I should have done a real life Christmas card. That would have been hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Here we are. Merry Christmas. (laughs) It's so great. Yeah. I think it's funny when people are like say you know think we live like this superhuman life or like this mm-hmm. glorious thing and yeah. i'm like no well, i wiped my kids butt all day <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, it's not it's not glamorous it's, it's not. not some parts of it are but yeah yeah reflecting this past year i think i always come to the end of the year And I relish in the things that went really well. And this year it was a lot of like little moments that I can call upon that bring me a lot of gratitude, just like human connection moments, like just like nighttime chats with the kids. That's Mm -hmm. always when everything comes out when I lay down with them and um, just talk. And those things come to mind um, like little vacations and stuff like that. And then the duality of that is feeling so much gratitude and joy and celebration for those things. And and then also feeling a little sadness and grief because I want more of those things in my life and I want to make more time for those things and feeling like shit, it was a whole year and you didn't make more time for it, even though you wanted to make more time for it. Right. And so I'm not really sure if that ever goes away, even if you did make more time for it. (laughs) Well, and then you feel guilt about other things as well. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, just like a a therapist told me once, like, what are you going to let fail? Right. I never remember you you saying that. Yeah. Like that's, that's really hard. (laughs) Yeah. And I have given up. I very much realize the importance of things in my life. Like, you know, I, I very much know that to do my best work, I need like a clean, clear environment. Like I can't sit down. I'll oftentimes work at our dining room table. And if there's um, like dishes in the sink, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't focus. Right. I have to do the dishes. Uh, but I recognize like Luke's love language is quality time. And I very much like to wake up to a clean kitchen in the morning. Well, after the kids go to bed and all of that, when he was not home, I would do the dishes so I could wake up and come get my coffee. And it was like, bing, like sparkling. Mm -hmm. Right. But now that he is home, I'm like, okay, I'm willing to tolerate dishes in the sink because I like spending time with them. And I know that that is like his, that is his human need. So I, it's along the same lines of what are you going to let fail? It's for me, it's like, what am I willing to tolerate? Right. And that's changed so much. And I think for military spouses, it has to constantly. He's gone. You're like, cool, I'm going to work out and do these things after the kids go to bed or whatever it is, because you have you don't have that other person there to be with. Mm -hmm. And then you have to figure out what you do when they come home. Oh, my routine is completely changed. Yeah. My house is always cleaner when my husband was gone. Because you just had time, you think? Yeah, because once they go to bed, then, you know, I would take the time to do that. Cause I've got from eight till I go to bed at 10 30, like yeah. just to fold the laundry, to do yeah. all the thing. I mean, sometimes I was way too exhausted to do anything, but yeah, it was the same, same kind of thing. Or like more work would get like work, work. Oh yeah. Which it wasn't even good, but it would just fill the time. Right. You know, it was like, oh, well I could just be productive and then I could just go, go, go all the time. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Yes and no, because I couldn't do as much work during the day because I didn't have with, help with yeah. the kids. So I would have to do it later in the evening, which 
is the benefit of being your own boss and having the flexibility to do that when you need to do that. Um, For me, this past year has been like a transitional year. I've really spent a lot of time promoting people within our organization, um, raising up leaders over different departments, and then me focusing on my leaders instead of each individual staff, Yeah, which is hard because you also have to train your staff to go to the leaders and like I have this guilt I'm like I don't want them to think I don't care Mm -hmm. (laughs) so balancing out you know keeping the personal connection and relationship with every staff member but here's the things that the leaders are taking over now because it is really important for me to be home with my family every evening yeah and that I have to prioritize that right now Uh, I won't get that time back yeah time Right. And Ugh. this, this year was huge for us. Yeah. So Josie turned 18 Yeah, and Josie graduated high school and went off to college. Ethan turned 16 and got his license. Um, I turned 40, Brandon retired. So like everything <sighs> happened this past year, which is kind of, I think what fueled the, the transitional period of like, oh wow, life is going by super fast And you just can't let the time slip away. So what, what new systems can I put in place? What changes can I make for all of these different, you know, hats? (laughs) Yeah. And just the transition of season in your life and what is important Mm -hmm. and figuring out like when Josie is home to say, oh, I have to prioritize family, especially during this time, because I have only so much time with her when she's home. I know. And I put the guilt on myself because she came home a night we were doing the Nutcracker Mm -hmm. and it's a tea party. So it's, I mean, it's a lot of cleanup. It's all the dishes, all the food, all the, and I said, I'm sorry, (laughs) guys, I got to go. And I felt guilty, like leaving all my staff to clean everything up. But I I haven't seen my daughter, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's just this weird thing. And I would have felt more guilty and it would have mattered more if I didn't go home and see my daughter instead yeah. of staying and cleaning up teacups that people can clean up. <laughs> right. But I feel bad because I feel like I need to be there helping. Yeah. It is this weird, again, duality. Yeah. <laughs> just holding it in the same space. And the older I get, the more I realize that that's like most of life. Mm-hmm holding two different feelings at the same time and both being true and that being completely and entirely okay. Yeah. I think that's what motherhood has taught me this year is that you can feel like these two completely opposite feelings at the exact same time and you can just sit with it and it doesn't mean anything other than you feel both of those things and that's okay. You don't have to fix it. Right. There is no fix to that. I think the best way to combat that is just open communication with people. Mm-hmm. Hey, everyone, thank you for what you're doing. I appreciate it. I'm leaving. You know, I just told them I'm leaving because Josie just got home from college. I can't imagine that any of them I would have left and then be like, I can't believe she left us with this. Well, also, they're being paid to be there, right? Yeah, they're paid okay. to be there. Yes. And, so they're working. Right. That's the way Brandon always says it and sees it. But I'm still like... I know. Uh, so logical. Of course, he would see it that way. Right. Luke but, is the same way. And I'm like, but feelings. But feelings. <laughs> but he's mostly... They're they're mostly salary. So it's like, uh, you, you just kind of feel guilty. But all of them are invested in our family as well. And 
they all love Josie too. So they're not going to be like, I can't believe she went home to see her child. <laughs> well, yes. And it's, it's one of the values too of the studio is like the, the family interaction and the theater. Like mm-hmm. you want to cultivate family relationships and things that they do and, and all of that. So it's not it, like you're just living one of the values. Yeah. Are you making any changes in your business this coming year? Well, we've also had, oh my gosh, I'm like attached to the microphone. <laughs> Don't strangle yourself. Sorry, was it that bad? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got to go. <laughs> and she's um, it's been a year of transition as well for us. So our director who took over during COVID, um, just like talk about being forged in the fire. Um, she took over during like the beginning of 2020 and is just a doer. Like she's a go, go, go make things happen. Um, and she decided to take a step back at like over the summer and we figured out this whole transition plan and everything. And, um, our new director is a different Enneagram. So different kind of, um, coaching from my perspective for the two of them, like each of them have different strengths. Mm -hmm. And so anytime you have a transition in leadership, like holes are glaring. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) Especially when it's quickly unexpected because of the military. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. We've had that a few times uh, with leadership, but this time was so great because our former director, Martha, she's still with us just at kind of a higher level, figuring out different systems and just making things so much more efficient. But, um, you know, different leaders have different leadership styles. And I always, I have found that some leaders are great leaders of people and some leaders are really great leaders of the back end of systems of procedure all of that. It's hard to get the melded together. Mm-hmm. So the coaching looks different. So it has been a lot of transition, a lot of coaching, a lot of open communication. Um, and it's, it's progressing, which is all I ever want. <laughs> it's just a little progress in things. Right. That's, that's what keeps you going. Right. Um, so I'm looking forward to more of that in the new year. Um, I am looking forward to having, it's so funny because I'm like this year was so much transition at at home too because of retirement and stuff like that. But this has been the longest reintegration period of my entire life Mm. because three years of Luke being gone was a lifetime. Right. So it wasn't like a deployment and then you come back. It was like, no, three years of our lives have been separate. And again, I've said this before. But I'm still wrapping my head around like that. This is my life, right? Like, and I and I chose it. But I'm like, oh gosh, wow. Um, those are three years you will literally never get back. And your kids are only here under your roof for 18, and three years is a big span of that. So, just trying to still meld together like different parenting styles, you know, different things of like dishes being in the sink or laundry, you know, just these little things of people doing 
things different. Luke and I having different expectations and still trying to meld that stuff together. Sounds so minute, but it is values based. Mm -hmm. And so it's a wonder to me that like we were made to like be together (laughs) like forever. I'm just going to be transparent with that. Like we love each other. And what's great is we really like being together. We enjoy each other's company, but I'll tell you like, Marriage is no joke. Marriage is not for the faint of heart. Like if you are going to push through some shit, you like just have to be in it. You have to figure out a way and like communicate and then communicate some more. That's why (laughs) this may be controversial, but that's why I'm actually very supportive of young marriage because you don't spend so much time apart from each other before you figure life out. Like you learn to figure life out together and you balance each other out as you figure it out. Now, I know that's not for everybody and that's not really the plan for everyone, but you know, so many well, there's pe- pros and cons, right? Right. But so many people are like, you've got to, you know, raise their kids. Like you've got to get focused on your career first uh-huh. and get your career off to a good start before you try and settle down. But where that- do you think that comes from? If you were looking through that perspective, I think it comes from the school systems and so much push to go to college in order to be successful in the measurement of success. And then parents feeling like, you know, that's the expectation and the pressure and that it's all about your career and your future and your business. And it's like, well, some people's career will be to be a mom. (laughs) And I think it comes from anxiety. Yeah. Or like parental anxiety of like, oh my gosh, what are you going to be when you grow up? Are you going to be okay? Am I going to have to take care of you? Am I going to be able to teach you all the things that you need to know to be a productive human? Mm-hmm. Like, so go focus on your career in your 20s. So you are a productive, capable, competent human. Right. And then I don't have to worry about you. And then at the end of the day, what do we do? We retire and spend time with our spouses. Yeah. So like, to me, I see it the opposite. Like, do that. Figure that out. It's okay if you want to get married young and you guys can figure life out together. But that has to be the expectation mm-hmm. because your twenties are such a huge developmental time. Like I, I say to people like, yeah, Luke and I grew up together, but I don't mean like in the sense that you and Brandon grew up together, like through like your teens. literal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like we became adults together Mm -hmm. with new ideas, with new belief systems, with new opinions. Like it's really like, to me, your twenties are almost like you're coming of age where you figure out who you are outside of your family unit and you make your own rules and systems and beliefs. And you have these like conversations where you're like, Oh, that's not what my parents taught me. Yeah. Do I believe this thing or do I believe what my parents told me? You have these big life moments and it's very easy for two people to get together in their early twenties and then like follow two different trajectories. If they're not bought into the same idea of like, Oh no, we're in this together Mm -hmm. and we can be into our own things and have our own awakenings in these things, but it has to be in conjunction with each other. Do you think if you would have met Luke in your thirties, you would have been together. That is so hard to say because I don't think I would be the same person. Right. Cause if you guys I wasn't helped with him. mold each other. Yes. Yeah. And like been through so much hard shit. Yeah. Prane and I always say that we're like, 
wonder if we would be together if we would have met later in life. And I'm like, nah, probably not. <laughs> but you did, but it's so hard to say. Like, would that's you so even hard. be the same person? No, I know. That's what's so hard to know. What makes you say like, nah, probably not. I don't know. I don't know. We're just so, I, I guess it's the same. We're just so different. Yeah. You know, we're just so different. And I just, I think. I could say that too. I think part of it is because a lot of his stuff, you know, he's a hundred percent disabled veteran. A lot. He's been through a lot, you know, 20 years as sniper and special forces. And well, and talk about doing things together. That is not something you do together. Right. Okay. Like their whole military life is really something that is very much just them. Right. That we will never understand. Right. We won't ever understand it. Um, and so it's like, I guess, cause I've seen the, the process of that happen. And then I've seen over the past couple of years, the process of that healing, that's been a huge thing. But if I would have met him in his thirties in that process of, you know, this cool guy going to do all this stuff, I would have been like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, not, not really my jam. Yeah. Like, I want a manly man, but not like, you know, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I just don't know that I would have chosen to, marry into that lifestyle if I had met him later. Oh, sure. Yeah. So. But like you wouldn't even know what you knew. Right. You know what I mean? So it's so hard to say. You wouldn't have known all the bad stuff. You might have seen him and been like, mm -mm -mm. yeah, you a masculine man. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's it is really it is an interesting thing to even ponder. Yeah. Yeah. But I tell my kids like I hope they find love young. And we will be supportive if they want to get married younger, because I just think it's a great, I think it does make you who you are. And I think sometimes if you wait too long, then you become your own independent mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. And then it's really hard to weld that even harder to weld it with someone else than like, you know, For what sure. we're saying. Unless I, you are like so extremely open-minded. Right. Which I feel like a marriage makes you more open-minded. But there's so, so, so there's hard. pros and cons to both because I'm like I had Logan at 23 and Molly at 25. You obviously had kids younger than that, mm -hmm. um, and so often I'm like, gosh, if I would have known then what I know now, I would have parented you so differently. You know, if I would have been like a a infant, if I had an infant at like you know 35 or something, I just would have done things completely differently. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and is it different oh it's so different <laughs> and then the teenagers give me such a hard time you would have never let me get away with that and I'm like nope but now I know what's important <laughs> yeah you're a completely different parent yeah so but yeah there's it, there's a lot so again it's just holding both of those feelings in the same moment looking back on the last year and like what's important for the new year and I don't know if you do like a word theme for the new year yeah, you do a word of the year, right? Yeah, I just do something that I feel like I need more of in my life. And then I just like declare the word. And then it's just like a constant reminder of, okay, does this decision kind of support this thing that I want in my life? Mm -hmm. So it's almost like when we time block and you figure out your top three priorities and then you're like, okay, I've been invited to this thing. 
or there's a new business opportunity. Does this fall into my top three priorities? And if I can't say for sure that it does, then I cannot do it. I have to say no. I know. It's so hard. <laughs> Even though I'm like, oh, new shiny thing. This is fun. I can do this. This would make me feel good. <laughs> yeah, I know. Every time I go by an empty building, I'm like, oh, what could I put there? Oh my gosh. I could I know. put something there. I know. <laughs> it's so hard. I know. We There's a building in downtown Cameron that's been for sale for a while. And I'm like, Hmm, this would be a fun little space. What can we do here? Looks like we are not buying this building. I'm like, I, I know we're not, but I just have so many ideas. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's hard. It is hard. And I have to be reeled in for that kind of stuff. I, I really do. And I'm doing so much better with just pausing and being present in the moment because I am so future oriented. I don't know if you, do you feel like you live more in the future? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Especially in our business, because I plan out, like I've got through summer 2026 planned. Right. So and it's funny. People ask me about present things, like even this past weekend at the Nutcracker and they're like, so what are we doing for this? Or what class is this? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I can right. tell you what 2025 <laughs> looks like. I cannot remember what's happening right now, but I'd separate that in business and, and family and just try and stay in the present with the family but yeah. business. I have to be the one right. thinking that Future far forward oriented. and then, yeah, trickling that down, explaining it to my staff and letting them implement it in the moment. So that now I can focus on the next planning thing. Yeah. So what's your word? Did you pick a word for this I, year? I yet? have picked a word and it is surrender surrender that's mm -hmm. right and I live a lot of my life in the masculine energy the doer the like go 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 make things happen um sometimes feel like the protector have to keep people safe and I don't mean like physically I mean like you know emotionally etc mm -hmm. um and I am when I do flow into my feminine, I am much more relaxed and um, free and calm. And I feel a little out of control. And I think that scares me a little bit. Not in like a crazy way of like, oh, we're not, we don't know what Caitlin's going to do. <laughs> but like, just like, oh, okay, this feels very new to me. And I need more of that. I need to live in my feminine more and just like relinquish control of feeling like either you have to be right. You have to have the answer. You have to figure this thing out. You have to do this. I need to like step back and be in my body and like surrender to some of these moments and say like, you don't have to do anything right now. You just have to be here. And that has been so hard for me. So I'm like, yep, that's the I'm word. I'm excited to see this in our partnership. <laughs> We're like, Caitlin, it's fine. It's not a big deal. I know. I know. I know. So it's like that relinquishing of control. Speaking of the honest conversations. Uh-huh. Here they are. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, we've talked about this a little bit with um, like Peyton and Caitlin, just like like a longing to figure yourself out more. Mm -hmm. And I've felt that so much. I'm about to be 37. And I've felt that so much and probably the really like the last year on a different level. Like I've always been really interested in like personal growth. And, you know, obviously I worked for Tony Robbins for so long. Like mm -hmm. that was a big deal. But this is different. This isn't like personal growth as far as like metrics and systems. And, you know, like here's how you 
are more efficient or whatever. It's like, no, like go inside of yourself. Like mentally healthy. Yeah. And just like, just know more so of like the darker places of yourself that you don't even like to go to. Like the feeling of surrendering to me feels super uncomfortable and I know how to get uncomfortable in ways that I want to get uncomfortable, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I know what it feels like to get through a really, really hard workout and feel like I'm going to like die, but I know what that feels like and I know I can push through it. And so it's like the next level of uncomfortable for me, which is like, go sit in a meditation, go do nothing, go, you know, to a breath work class, go get super uncomfortable to what uh, things you haven't experienced before. Mm -hmm. Um, so we'll see what that looks like. Okay. (laughs) I'm doing stuff. I guess if I had to pick a word, it would be intentionality. Okay. Um, I'm doing stuff with much more intention. When we sat down last week as a leadership team and planned out the next year, um, people were like, are you okay? Because I was cutting stuff. I was like, yep, we're not going to do that next year. Nope, we're not going to do this because my former business mindset is, and we can do this and we'll add this and this will add this much revenue and then we'll add this and this and this. And I started cutting stuff out. I was like, nope, we're not going to do the preschool. Nope, we're not going to do the winter market anymore. Why? Nope, we're not going to do this choreography showcase because I realized that the more that we add, the... A, I don't want my staff to get burned out. That's the biggest thing. B, I don't want people to, I, I don't know if people see this, but I overanalyze, you know, you know how I am. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what if I raise prices $2? Mm-hmm. Are they going to be mad? I d- by constantly doing more stuff, I don't want people to see it as like a financial decision, even though that's not my intention. My intention is to give students more opportunities. Yeah. So I'm just kind of like, reworking it like an example we did a choreography showcase this year it was this whole show the kids got to choose their lighting do all this stuff it was a whole separate show which is a lot of work to put on one even one show and you know you sell tickets for it and then we were meeting they're like when are you putting in the short choreography showcase I was like I'm not they're like what I'm like no I'm not doing it because that's a lot more work a lot more stress If students want to learn how to choreograph, we'll just create the choreography class again next year and we'll put it in the normal recital. Mm -hmm. And that's hard to give up, especially as a business owner, when you're like, oh, that's one less event I'm selling tickets for, you know, and trying to think through that process. But it's also a matter of what is important to you in this season. Right. And I want, you know, during that time period, it's leading up to the holidays. It's super busy. I want everything that we do to be done with quality as well. And when you have so many things, stuff slips through the cracks, you realize, oh crap, I didn't, you know, send all these press releases. Oh crap. I didn't even make the image for this. Oh, I haven't communicated with these people. The more you add, the more communication and stuff that you have to do. So this upcoming year, I'm, I'm taking stuff off everyone's plate, not just my plate, like off everyone's plate. And, um, that is really hard for me to do, but I am. And I know people are going to be disappointed about some of the things. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think we'll lose business because of it. If anything, we'll get more respect from it. And then I think it will help. Not that we have trouble with staff retention in any way, but I think it will 
improve the overall morale of staff yeah, and, and the quality of their life, the quality of their life, right outside the studio. And they're not feeling like as we're ending another project, they already had to start the one before it, Yeah, you know, and that's currently how we're operating. Like we're not just working on one project at a time. We're working on five or six, yeah. like this, the dance recital got planned, you know, in August for June. Mm -hmm. So, and all of those steps have to take place. So adding these other little things all in between. Um, and then when you choose to do stuff like that, you set a precedence. So, Oh, for sure. So then it's expected. Yeah. So, and just like the winter market, I think it's a great thing. Like we love supporting other local small businesses by setting up the market and letting them sell items. It gives our kids a performance opportunity. Um, but we go negative on it financially. And yes, it does help them. But the following weekend at the same location at the church we do it at, they do a market. Yeah. So it's like. So I don't really feel guilty yeah. because they still have the opportunity for their small business to be supported. So when you I've I have found when when we start acting on all of our ideas and we make them actual things. It dilutes the things that we already do really, really well. Mm -hmm. So like you were saying, like, oh, I forgot to make the image for that. I didn't do this. We didn't communicate this very well. But like we we made this thing happen. Right. But then it's like, how much better would these bigger things be that we value so much if we didn't have all of these other things that diverted our capacity and attention? If we just diverted our attention and energy onto these big things and we could ramp up for them versus constantly like pinging, you know, where you're like, okay, now we do this and this is over and now we got to go here. You know, it's like, yeah. how much capacity do we have to handle all of this? Even though we have these ideas all the time. Right. I think that's the big thing with both of us is like, we don't have to act on all of these ideas. Mm -hmm. They can just be ideas. And that sometimes to me feels wasteful, if it, I'm honest. Yeah. What I've noticed too, I'll put stuff in the back of my mind that I'm like, I don't think we can take that on right now. But later, because it's there, new staff members will come in and I'm like, now we can do it. This is the person we've been waiting for to do this. Mm -hmm. And then you can you know, let those people run with it. Yeah. So we do that sometimes too, but yeah. But just like knowing when we can do those things mm -hmm. and, and having it be something more than just an idea I, in terms of like, just because it's an idea doesn't mean it has to come to fruition. Right. Like make it be like, let's only act on the ideas that are like truly the things in our heart that we're passionate about, that we can visualize and, that will make an impact. If there's an idea that is just great because it's this thing that we can do, we don't have to do it. Right. And it's not worth it if it's stressing you and I, everybody else out. And I it's know. sacrificing time away from your family. Which is the exact opposite of what we are saying are priorities. Right. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. hello. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like this, you know, I worked like 13 days straight leading up to Thanksgiving. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I got Thanksgiving off, but like I was exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't have to do that. And we don't have we to do that. We are not in the season of our business where we have to do that. Yep. We get to choose. Yep. We get to choose. So like, let's choose. Exactly. <laughs> let's choose and be intentional in the things that we choose. Yeah. So just surrender. 
surrender. Be intentional. <laughs> All right. Well, those are our two cents for 2023. Yeah. What? How about going into the new year? Going into the new year for With- our first episode. Yeah, we'll we'll be back. We'll be back. <laughs> January first. Um, January first is going to be a fun episode. It is. Yeah, we're going to play some important clips that really impacted us over the past year. Yeah. So make sure you listen to that. And then January fifth, we're doing our time blocking time blocking workshop, workshop. at Sarah's <laughs> at the theater. My place. Yeah, we'll be at the theater and it'll be a really great morning to set intentions, figure out priorities, learn a little bit on how to time block, why it's important, yeah, who you want to be going into the new year. And network. Yeah. That's the biggest thing that I love out of it is that, yes, we're providing valuable information, but we're also providing that connection that we find in this recording room yeah so <laughs> all the time all the time so yeah, I love so it. get tickets they are on our instagram and our link tree it's the first link on there so mm-hmm. grab snag your tickets and um that's also my birthday i'm not a huge birthday person as far as like we must celebrate you know some people are like really into their birthday yeah i'm not either that's why i was shocked i had a party I know you were shocked. (laughs) But 40 is really big. 40 is big. I hope somebody throws me a 40th birthday. Okay, I'll just put that out there. But like 37. Um, But it will be fun to hang out with everybody on my birthday. And it will be pink. And it will be pink. As always. Right up my alley. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Merry Christmas. We hope that everybody is spending intentional time with their family or people that they love around this time and this week. And, um, thank you for allowing us the space to be able to connect with other women in the community and continue the collaboration. It's been an incredible year. Yes. Merry Christmas. Bye.